Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You guys think I believe what happened outside? Danny's gone for the rest of the day. I'll be back tomorrow at 6. I don't believe that. Yeah, Danny's left, uh, and I believe that Lime is at the hospital. That ain't what the big thing is. Lime is at the hospital because the baby's going to be born. So that isn't the big thing. I ran into a listener downstairs. His name's Dennis. No, with my walking into him. And he was really, really nice. And he says, I used to call in. I don't call in anymore. Why not? And I was, okay. You Don't be an ass. I'm, I'm telling you the story. So I, I, my brain immediately thought, oh, God, did we play the, did we play silent game with him or something? And he got worked into a shoot. What or, was his name again? His name was Dennis. Well, it still is. 69. No, it's not Dennis 6969. The guy's name is Dennis, and he's a delightful individual. And I wish I had more time with him. I had no more time. I had rather. That's why I'm sounding out of breath here. Is that I go downstairs and catch up? And honestly, I've never really been fleet of foot. So here we are. And I'm talking to the guy. And I thought for sure, like, oh, God, did we get him with silent game? And he got worked up or something like that. He said he got so angry after the Browns loss in overtime to Oakland when they were still in Oakland. When- when Hugh was there. When Hugh was there. That was Baker's first start. 2018. Yeah. Was that his first start? His first start. Wow. He came in. No. Yeah. Yeah, he came in against the Jets. Yeah. Went to Oakland, started, and then started against the Ravens. So, yeah. in, in 2018, he says, I got so angry, I have never called in since. I go, the, of all the things, that game. And I was like, you got to call in again. You got to call in again. But I'm going, of all the things that upset people, and I just it hit me because I had this big conversation with Danny about, well, you know, if it doesn't do well with Baker Mayfield, or excuse me, with Deshaun Watson, it's going to kill the interest in this team. And Danny's like, I don't necessarily think so. And I said, man, I, I got to tell you, like there were a lot of people during 1-31 and that kind of, they were out. They were out on it. When Baker got here, they got back in, but... There were a lot of people. They were and they were mad after that game. A lot of people were mad. I was not. I wasn't thrown after that game, but angry enough to say I'm done. Like my gosh! I said you got to call in again. I mean, hell, they're eleven and six. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. I just couldn't believe it. Mitch, please coming up at nine forty. So I think a lot of people. I want to know: Do you trust the Browns? Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Because there's a lot of things being said right now that are throwing some people off. I know I told you Charles Robinson. Skip Charles Robinson here for a second. This is Albert Breer Friday. Friday. 
NFL insider Albert Breer, who you hear on Thursdays here on The Fan in Afternoon Drive with Nick and Dustin, he was on Friday on NBC Sports Boston and was telling them the two reasons why Brown's management, underlying Brown's management, fired Alex Van Pelt. Hit it. The reason he was let go in Cleveland was because ownership and Paul D. Podesta, not Kevin Stefanski, ownership and Paul D. Podesta were frustrated with the progress Deshaun Watson had made. I don't think that they really, truly, the people who made that decision really, truly knew his value to that staff. Other people on that staff, not so much Kevin, but people below him, were floored when they fired him for two reasons. Number one, how do you fire the offensive coordinator after you just won 11 games <laughs> With four different quarterbacks, with your fourth <laughs> and fifth tackles, without Nick Chubb, he was able to help build an offense that was able to sustain. So there's that, like that I think is one reason why people there were floored that he got fired. The other one I think is a, is the real key, though. He was the glue of that staff. Kevin, if you know him, he's a great guy. He's not the most outgoing guy. His personality is very dry. He's got a good sense of humor, but he's not like this outwardly gregarious guy. Alex was the one that held that staff together. When guys were coming out, when guys were going in, he is a guy who was a unifying force in that building. I mean, of all the things that we said, all the people we said were very important for the Cleveland Browns offense, for their coaching staff, of all the people in the staff that we thought were very important, I don't know how many for the fans Alex Van Pelt was up there on. Like, he, he's an offensive coordinator. He can't be the least important guy. But he, he was an afterthought in the offense. He though. really was. He really was. And that's why I, I think we were surprised here. Kevin couldn't have been surprised because he was probably the one that had to break the news to him. In fact, I mean, you're the head coach. You had to be the one to break the news to him. So you might not have been that surprised. But when we're saying management, we automatically think DeBodesta, Barry, everybody there. Albert Breer says that. And I want to go back to what Albert Breer said on Thursday. I'm going to get to the Charles Robinson clip here that I keep telling you about. This is Albert Breer on Afternoon Drive on Thursday. And this is why it matters who made the decision on these changes within the Browns coaching staff. I think it does matter, you know, because it can set the table for things going forward. And once the front office crosses that line, you know, it's really hard to undo that. And, yeah, I do think the front office had a lot of input in what happened here. And You know, look, like I think there's pressure on Kevin and, and the coaches to get more out of Deshaun Watson. I think the concern here would be the role that, that Alex played in that staff and how, in a lot of ways, like, because you know, Kevin is not as outgoing that, like, Alex was kind of, the glue guy on that staff, the guy who held everything together. And, you know, obviously I, I think the reaction from a lot of the, the guys on that staff to the way that certain guys were picked off after the year was kind of like, a, well, you know, what do we do wrong? You know, obviously they were able to, to win 11 games with their fourth and fifth tackles, with four different quarterbacks, with no Nick Chubb, you know. And so I think that there was – genuine surprise on the part of some people on the staff that so many coaches lost their jobs and you know and that one guy in particular who was such an important piece of holding everything together was one of the guys on the way out a lot of people are going after Breer Breer's the messenger on this that's all he is he hears these things he tells you immediately people get upset they start going after Albert Breer no one wants to hear bad news about their favorite sports team so they go after the messenger it happens it's a classic story happens all the time and that's what makes that job difficult because immediately after you say something, there's going to be a denial. So it makes you out to be a, a quote-unquote liar. And I don't think that Albert Breer is lying about anything he hears. But we don't want to hear these things so we get upset. Now, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is where I get nervous. Because I've brought this up before. 
about the cooks in the kitchen. And what underlined it was something that happened. Oh, and you said this was on November 21st? Yeah, November 21st um, on the Inside Coverage podcast on Yahoo Sports. Because I remember this and things, I mean, they had just beaten the Ravens. They had just beaten the Steelers. So things were looking okay. But this picked up steam over the next two weeks when they had lost both games in that back-to-back on the road where they stayed out west, where they lost both to Denver and they lost to the Rams. And things started to pick up here because we were freaking out over the what? The backup quarterback position. And what had had happened? And Charles Robinson dropped this in here, and I keep referencing it for a very specific reason. Hit it. A lot is going to be directed at general manager Andrew Barry. Personally, I think that Joshua Dobbs not being on the roster – being dealt for a draft pick to the Arizona Cardinals in the preseason had more to do with chief strategist uh, Paul D. Podesta than it did Andrew Barry. And I am basing that opinion on, again, conversations I have had with people orbiting that trade, people who know Andrew Barry, who know Paul D. Podesta, and essentially what was posed to me is, why would a general manager who's in the building every single day who's as close to Kevin Stefanski and that coaching staff, why would he deal away a backup quarterback who is superb insurance for starter Deshaun Watson, knowing that the coaching staff really, really, really like Joshua Dobbs? Why would Andrew Barry then just decide, I'm going to roll the dice, I'm going to risk it all for a late-round draft pick and and move off of uh, Joshua Dobbs? Again, this is my opinion. But based on the conversations I had this morning, I do think that the lack of an experienced backup who the staff had quite a bit of affection for is now in Minnesota, uh, starting in the place of, of Kirk Cousins and, and doing it very well and possibly headed for an offseason where he is going to be a coveted uh, free agent if this continues with the Vikings. So that's Charles Robinson on his Yahoo Sports podcast. We didn't play that for anybody. It came out on the 21st. We didn't have it for anybody until the 22nd. And then they went out and they lost in Denver, and then they went out and lost with the Rams. Remember, these statements are being said before Josh Dobbs fell to the third-team quarterback in in Minneapolis and Minnesota, and before Joe Flacco officially got here and quote-unquote helped save the season. Well, he did help save the season. He He wasn't the only one. Before he got here is the key, because it seems that Joe Flacco really pulled the thing out of the fire. Now, it's a team effort, and the team all helped each other pull the thing out of the fire. But if the quarterback can't execute, you can only hide for so long. The quarterback was able to execute. Those words have stuck with me ever since then. Now, you can't keep harping on them every single day, but I've brought them up here and there over the over the period of time. Over the period even when there was they were going on the win streak. Even over the period when they went to the playoffs, it would be in the back of my mind. It would be in the back of my mind, especially when Jason Lloyd joined us on Wednesday. Because he started to put it together. This is Lloyd 02, and now I'm calling it on the fly on. Because Jason Lloyd started to put it together, and he said, you can't be surprised if something like this were to happen. I go, I'm not the insider. I'm not Breer. I'm not Charles Robinson. And I'm not Jason Lloyd. I'm a reactor. Lima's a reactor. We're not reporters. And so when Jason Lloyd says this, now I got three people telling me the same thing. 
A lot of times I roll my eyes at the play calling and I think it's overblown. But in this instance, like there's a lot of questions about and that still really haven't answered about why AVP is out, why Ken is here, who's going to be calling the plays. There's just a lot of uncertainty with how this whole thing went down and whose call was it and why were these decisions made. And I don't think I know I don't have the clarity on it. I've got pretty good suspicions and pretty good theories, but I don't have any clarity or confirmation on how this whole thing went down. And I, I am a little bit troubled by, by how all this looks right now, for sure. This, yeah. this is not sowing the seeds of discontent, but you have to be a bit concerned here with this decision-making. Now, Jason, and we have fun with this, Jason is a water carrier for Kevin Stefanski. But Jason saying that, you could try to knock that down. Albert Breer, you know, people saying, well, he could try to put a smiling face on anything in Boston because he's a Boston guy. They can go ahead and do that. Charles Robinson, I don't know what you could wage towards Charles Robinson to try to impugn his reputation, but fine, you can go ahead and make up what you want. These are distressing things that we hear that we get mad at the messenger for. But I got three different guys in the course of uh, – Charles Robinson was a couple of months ago, okay? Three different guys in the course of the last few months that have started to point some things – in the direction where the coach isn't making these decisions. Even the general manager of the football team didn't make that decision is what these things are getting pointed to. That's a concerning thing because I think over time, it goes right with what you've done. Andrew Berry's taken some blame. He's gotten some credit. I think people, for the most part, trust Andrew Berry. Maybe I'm wrong on that depending on who's listening. But I do think the majority of fans, I don't know how big of a majority it is, the majority of fans trust Andrew Barry. I think the majority of fans trust Kevin Stefanski. Do the majority of fans trust Paul DiBodesta? If he were the one who made the decision last year about Joe Woods, where I think a lot of us could go, guys, Daffy Duck could have made that decision on Joe Woods instead of Jim Schwartz. Like, you had to move on from Joe Woods. Okay, fine. If he were the one, though, who made that decision where Kevin maybe was holding on to him, maybe Kevin wasn't going to let him go. And Paul DiBodesta felt he had to step in. Okay, maybe that if you believe that, maybe that's a trust situation with him where you would trust him. Because if you were the most ardent Browns fan and just didn't want to hear bad news, you'd say they made these decisions, they were 11-6. and They're making these decisions, they're going to be even better next year. It confirms a couple of things, or at least confirms one thing. That their level of trust, while we can say we trust or distrust the Browns, their level of trust in Deshaun Watson and what he can do, what they signed him to do, is shaken. To make these decisions after a big year would show that their trust in the standing of Deshaun Watson is shaken and they need to, I don't know, save him, but they certainly need to help him out in a better imaging. Who would you trust in order of trust between... Stefanski, D. Podesta, Andrew Barry. Who's the most trustworthy? Who's the least trustworthy? I'll tell you that next. 216 474 0092. I'll get to that. And do you trust? They're 11 and 6. They've made some tough decisions. Do you trust the Browns? Is this overblown? 216 474 0092. That answer will get to you guys. And Mitch, please, coming up at 940 on the fan. I think it's put everybody in a tough position. And I'll explain why. Fans, I'm talking about, not not media. You don't care about media. I think it does put fans in a tough position, and I'll tell you why here in a second. What was the question you asked me right before the break, Owen? Who do you trust the most to least in, in between Barry D. Podesta and Kevin Stefanski? All right, I'm going to tell you that here in just a moment. First, guarantee the best that 92.3 The Fan has to offer when you follow each team in the Odyssey app to get all the audio we have 
to offer pushed right to your phone. Plus, check out the chapters of our live shows labeled by our producers so you can search for the segments that you might have missed. Make sure you download the free Odyssey app to follow the Cleveland sports scene. Ken Dorsey, 11 o'clock today on the fan. He'll be having his introductory press conference. Apparently, according to Daryl and everybody, he probably won't say who's calling plays. Be crazy if he did. Would love it if he did, but we'll find out. You asked me who I trust the most out of all of them. Trust is not a thing where it's just like, hey, I can't just focus on your good decisions. I can't just say these are decisions I, I agree with. These are decisions that worked. I can only go with what I see. Trust, I can trust somebody to make stupid decisions. I can trust people around me to say certain things at certain times. So trust is a two-way street here. It's not just decisions that we like. It's, it's things that we think they're going to do. When it comes down to trust, I trust Kevin Stefanski the most because I see the most of him. I trust Andrew Barry the second because I see the second most of him. And I very rarely, if ever, see Paul DiBodesta, so obviously I would trust him the least. But That sounds very, very ugly. I don't mean it like that, but it's here. the truth. I'm sorry? Why is Kevin Stefanski even here? I don't know. If he it's can't make any of the decisions himself, but then what's the point? It, the whole reason that he ended up in Cleveland is because Paul DiBodesta wanted it. Yes. So, so I, I get not trusting him because he's out of sight, out of mind and almost. What, and that's what puts fans in a terrible position here. And that's why I have to ask, do you trust the Browns to make all these decisions? 216-474-0092. Because if, you're a, if you are a 15-year-old Browns fan, I don't know why you'd be home right now, but if you're a 15-year-old Browns fan, then all this is hot air. If you are a Browns fan 30 and above, honestly, even 25 and above, then I think your first reaction is nerves. Your first well, yeah, reaction a 15 is year old Browns fan, A 15-year-old Browns fan does not live and die with the team like a guy who has to go bust his ass every day to provide for himself or his family or whoever it is. And the one thing that he gets in solace and escape from the real world is watching the Browns on Sunday. And it's not just even that. It's that that guy who's do, who does all that, he was doing all that back in 99. He was doing that all back in 2005, 2010, 15, and it was all going south. So when people take power and they, they take that power away from, or they have always had that power, we just don't know, it's going to make us nervous. Because if I go and I say, if, if I'm calling it fair, and I'm like, guys, I haven't met Paul. I've, I've been around Paul DeBedest about a dozen times for very short periods of time because he's been here for 10 years. So if I just go by work related yeah, event, if I go, yeah, I've never been in his personal circle and I, I wouldn't want to be, but either way, if I go by what I've just seen, okay, he was the one who wanted, and we, we, we believe this is, is fact, who knows the actual truth, but this is what is widely believed. He was the one who wanted Kevin Stefanski, John Dorsey. He got, uh, he, he got Freddie kitchens. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's, one. that's one decision he got right. Who really wanted Baker Mayfield? Who really wanted Josh Allen? I don't know. We know that John Dorsey really wanted Baker Mayfield. Josh Allen is the better quarterback. They were always rumored to be talking about Josh Allen at number one, and that was like the earliest thing that was said. Now, maybe that was a a, a carrier pigeon, a stool pigeon being thrown out there for somebody to go ahead and make that decision. I'm not sure. But I would think that a lot of people out there would say, all right, who made the decision on the quarterback? Well, a lot of people like that quarterback. So that probably goes for some people. And the non-trust thing with, with Paul DiBodesta. All the other decisions. If I'm looking at it and I say, Paul DiBodesta made this decision to get rid of Joe Woods. And I don't know. If he made this decision to get rid of Joe Woods and hire Jim Schwartz, I can only go by the results. That's all fans care about are the results. 
That's all they care about. That's really what it is. I can say it's backwards practice. I can say you're not giving the type of power to the person in charge. I can say I'm uncomfortable with the man living in San Diego, California, instead of Cleveland, Ohio during the season because I feel he needs to be involved. However, if I go and I believe that he made these decisions, and I can't guarantee it for sure, but if I believe that he made all these decisions, then reluctantly do I not have to trust him? You've put us in a very difficult position. Because it's a name that all these other guys get let go. And he never does. And it starts to rub people the wrong way because they go, what's the one constant of all the bad things that have happened in the past? He's been involved. When is he ever going to get blamed? When is he ever going to get it? And if I look at some of the decisions, I'd say, well, you could make an argument if you were the most adamant person out there that John Dorsey got in the way of things when he was brought in. That it was a classic overcorrection to bring in John Dorsey when things weren't going very well. He was here for that. Then it was the classic overcorrection to the overcorrection when John Dorsey had to be blown out because he was going to get a diminished role and he wasn't going to take that. And here comes Paul DiBodesta again, and Paul DiBodesta takes over, and now there's all these other decisions. And then they bring in Deshaun Watson. Now Deshaun Watson obviously has his own set of circumstances, and they all know that this thing has to be worked out because they signed him to a guaranteed contract. But at the same time, even though he's the chief strategy officer, he's not the one that makes the final decision. Can I guarantee that Paul DiBodesta decided to sign him to a fully guaranteed five-year contract? I don't believe I can. Can't do it. That's can't the problem. You can't guarantee anything that he's done other than we know that he said he wanted Stefanski. Yes. That's the only thing so that we know for certain on I, him in 10 years as a member of the Cleveland Browns. I can take it any way I want to. But because I don't know, I can't trust I can trust Kevin Stefanski to what? To try to call a good offense for a quarterback. He seems I, to always be doing what's in the best interest of the, the best football team. Interest of the Browns. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can trust him to do that. Andrew Barry, I can trust him to on the good side, I can trust him to try to keep a nice culture within the football team and try to get the right type of players that you need. And that's not just all choir boys, obviously. You do need some dangerous individuals on an NFL football team. But I could also trust him to probably have a blind spot in the draft for a wide receiver. Good and bad. Trust goes good and bad. I can trust those things. With with Paul DiBodesta, I don't I don't know much of anything, buddy. And I and when when people hear that name, I think they get nervous. I think when they get to making the decision of who's calling the plays, who's not going to call the plays. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I think they get nervous with it, and then it goes back to why are they doing this? Well, they're doing it for a guy that 50% of the people out there really don't like. What's the percent chance that D Podesta is here today for this Ken Dorsey? Small. I mean, if he does show up today, does that does that say if, anything to you? Yeah, if he's here today, people immediately will think it's his hire. People will draw conclusions. It's the same thing when Freddie Kitchens got hired and the Haslam's were not up there. Yeah. When Freddie Kitchens got hired. Actions speak very, very loud in these situations. 216-474-0092. I think a lot of people, they just see it and they go, what was the record last year? 11-6. and six. All right, we trust him. You could think whatever you want to about Deshaun Watson, and I think that this is where it, it, they think it's stirring the pot. They get nervous about it. I can't say I don't trust it because from what I'm seeing, a lot of this has worked. That doesn't calm any one of my fears. That doesn't tell me to tell any one fan out there to calm down whatsoever. I can't do it because any time we've ever heard of anybody taking power and it being in, not in the classical position of the head coach makes this decision, the general manager makes that decision. Anytime these things have happened, we have felt a very negative way about it because it's gone in a very negative way. However, if they're 11-6 and six and they're trying to get better and we know that there might be some situations there that we need to work out, especially with the quarterback spot, then there might be a change in opinion that needs to be had. For all I know, and we will only find this out on the football field in the fall, for all I know, Paul DiBodesta might be trying to save Kevin Stefanski from himself. You are too loyal to your old assistants, and you're too loyal to these assistants. And because maybe he's 2,300 miles away, and that rubs some people the wrong way in the building, maybe it's the best place for him, because I can't get emotionally involved. I'm only seeing what I see. For all I know, that's the case, Owen. But because we don't know, we're going to get agitated until we get answers. Because if we don't get answers on things, whether it's in our own living room, about our family, and our kids not telling us what the problem is, or our wife not telling us what the problem is, we're going to get agitated by that. And it's the same thing with our favorite sports teams. If I don't know what I can hold you accountable for, I'm going to hold everything against you. By the way, um, I think the only way to save something is to bring something you hate back. You said you didn't watch Pro Bowl weekend. Didn't watch a second of it. I saw, I happened to tune in. I saw I saw the Dan Orlovsky accuracy deal on the internet. Okay. I just happened to be scrolling around Twitter and I saw that. I happened to tune in. I said, I thought it was live. I guess this was from Saturday, yesterday. I tuned in. I saw, I happened to see JOK. He tried to do a backswing in practice and he hit his own set of clubs. And then he tried to tee off in the competition, and he duffed one right they in the They have water. a long drive competition? I don't know what the hell they were doing. Closest Owen, I pin. wish I could tell you. I had the sound off, and I just saw him duff one right into the water, and I thought, well, at least I got some, one thing in common with Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, and that's it. Well, my problem is, you know, I was conditioned to watch the Pro Bowl when I was a teen and even in, you know, my early 20s. And for me, the Pro Bowl was in Hawaii, and it was in prime time, and it was on Sunday night. And that's, you know, it was also after the Super Bowl, but yeah. that's just what I was used to. So last night I went through the guide and I'm like, 
oh, maybe I'll catch some Pro Bowl stuff. It's nowhere to be found in the time where I'm actually ready to, you know, call it an evening and and, and watch the skills, watch the game, watch the the things that they're doing. The games, I don't even know yeah. what they do. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently I saw Baker Jason the- Kelsey trying to snap balls into the five-point thing a couple days ago. I only saw that in the highlight of the news earlier this morning. That's it. But that was Thursday? Wednesday or Thursday? Yeah, they still started like Thursday, didn't they? Which they used to do that, too. They used to do the thing where yeah. they drive the golf carts and Peyton Manning and try to hit the painted football into something, you know? And they still even did that, you know, in the once they went away from Honolulu. But to me, the whole thing is that now. Mitchie. Yes. Did you watch any of the Pro Bowl games? Not one second. How many people out there did not watch the Pro Bowl games, do you think? Out of 10 Clevelanders, how many didn't? Out of 10? Oh, I gotta be, it's got to be at least seven or eight. Seven or eight. Owen, out of 10, how many do you think did not watch the Pro Bowl games? Yeah, I'd say eight, probably. I would say seven to eight as well. I would say that. I think far more people watched the Pro Bowl just because they wanted something to complain about. I think if you want to save this weekend in the NFL, I don't think the Pro Bowl games are necessarily an attraction. We'll probably find out the ratings are better. Maybe I'll end up being wrong about this, but I have to take my shot. I don't think the Pro Bowl games are necessarily an attraction. I think the regular Pro Bowl was a thing that everybody could get together and act like they hated. And they could watch it and be disgusted, and it would turn a rating, and then you had something to talk about the next day at at work. Because I don't know. Who watched the – did people watch the Grammys last night? Were people that in on the Grammys? Parts of it, yes. Okay, so the guys we talked to, the the the, the type of guys it. we talked to at work, I doubt it. Were they paying attention to the Grammys? Nope. Do they care about any of the people who won the Grammys? I saw Tracy Chapman perform, but I did not see yeah. if she won anything. I just saw her perform. No. Okay, so I'd be interested in Tracy Chapman, even though what she's like sixty three, so she's yeah, older than she me. She was with Luke here. Combs because he covered Fast Car. Okay, he year. covered Fast Car. I know who Luke Combs is, but I I can't pick out a song with a gun to my head. I'd have no idea. I, Pick out Fast Car. Is that it? No, That's he's got other his. ones. He's got other ones. So there's no... I, I, yesterday, there was just this dearth of things to actually get into. And it happened to be a nice day, thank God. Like, right. I helped... I, I tried to practice some baseball with Jonah, and that was a uh, that was a, that was a troublesome proposition. And then, you know, we went outside, and they rode bikes around and stuff because it was a nice day outside. And that was about it, to be honest. And so, other than that, I'm thinking the only way to save this weekend is if you bring back the Pro Bowl just so everybody has something to complain about so they can go in and complain about it tomorrow. They can hate watch it, bring it up tomorrow. We feel we're better than them. These are professional athletes. They're preserving their bodies. The football is terrible. It's not even the game. It's not the game of football. They're walking around. They're trying not to get hurt. Well, now it's flag football. Yes. But I don't even want them to play flag football because flag football, you can run full speed. I say the pads, the helmets, the bad football, or the lack thereof, even a game of football, bring it all back just so we have something to complain about. They can stand out there. They can act like they're act like they're they're blocking. They can do that, and at least we have something to watch, and then we have something to get together the next day on. Because I don't know what people are talking about at the water cooler today, or if if they're talking about it before Zoom meetings or anything like that. It doesn't make good for good small talk. The Pro Bowl games. Well, I have a problem with when I read the headline. NFC makes a defensive stand to win the Pro Bowl for second consecutive and, year. And you take that. Do you as know sarcasm. what the score was? 6454 or something. Sixty four fifty nine. Sixty four fifty nine. How the hell are you making a defensive stand in a game in that, which you give up fifty nine points? But it's flag football. That's the entire. But point if you don't making, know that it was flag football, 
You just think that they're doing it, and nobody cares about the flag football. And again, they can run full speed, and I've seen guys play flag football before on the Instagram. I mean, people are running into each other full right. speed. I think you can get, I think there's a better chance you get hurt playing flag football than there would be if they were all actually having pads and walking around out there and not tackling. At least it's something to get into that you could talk about that how much everybody hates because they like to do two things. People like to complain, and we all love to think we're better than people who have more money than us. It is the perfect scenario, and we didn't see it right there when it was there for us. But is this a thing? So Baker was the MVP, right? Yeah, and that's another thing that's going to bother people. Is this the thing young, the- that Baker's agent goes to the Bucks and goes, look, he had a great year, got, a, got you guys to the playoffs, got to the second round. They capped it off with a Pro Bowl MVP performance. Pro Bowl games MVP performance. Pro Bowl games MVP performance. It's the only thing that he has left. Or that's the only thing that we would have left to talk about. And I can't sit there and talk about that because then the Baker people get involved in it. And I don't want to deal with that. So there's nothing to get into with the Pro Bowl games other than Jeremiah Wusukoromoa duffing it. That's it. 216-474-0092. Should we switch it back? And Mitch, please. Coming up next on The Fan. Mitch, please here. Oh, no, my coffee. Okay, we're good. It was empty. Thank God. I'm sorry. What are you doing? I'm spilling coffee. I'm sorry. scared me. I know. I didn't mean to do it. Mitch, you got it ready? Uh, I got it ready. If Owen's got the audio ready. All right. Let's see if you're going to be one for one this week. Let's see if you've made this show better. All right. I think the audio is good for this week. We have uh, the clip from the Pro Bowl games this weekend. We just got done talking about them. This was the exchange on the NFL's YouTube channel. Krista Thompson was moderating the whole thing. A bunch of NFL players around her. Two of them, Micah Parsons, David Njoku, Micah Parsons, had a bit of a comment regarding Cleveland. Let's take a listen. I thought he did. Made great adjustments. <laughs> he obviously showed why Cleveland's Cleveland and Rams. Whoa, 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 That's a crazy shot. That's a crazy shot. Don't give us that political. <laughs> David, you have an opportunity for a rebuttal I mean, here. I mean, obviously, first that first all, half didn't go the way you wanted. What? No, it's what? cool. It's cool. You okay. Know, you understand one thing, you know? And excuse my voice, this guy. When the bosses come with big bosses, mm-hmm. one thing you know you got to understand is he said Cleveland's Cleveland, but we're, we're both we're both here. I mean, we're both like oh, playing this Madden game. I think that's a shot. So, you, know, you got to make it make sense. Any person who's Ran acting Meek Mill lyrics is like, <laughs> I can't take them serious. I mean, I mean, but you, am I lying though? Nah, you, you try to be lyrical, but don't even get lyrical. Lyrics. I'm saying we're both fitting. Lyrically, in the I'm supposed to represent. Right? <laughs> he has a good point, bro. We all here. Yeah. So, what do you say? Cleveland, Cleveland. Okay. I don't know. What do you think, Owen? I don't like I don't the know. way that the clip comes across, but what was said in there was great. And I thought. And Joku had the great rebuttal of, we're both at the same place. So if Cleveland's Cleveland, is Dallas, Dallas. And they kind of are. Why did Micah Parsons say that in the first place? That's, I guess it is. So you win on this one, Mitch. Like one for one this week. It matters. But why would you say that in the first place if you're Micah Parsons? What's the point of saying that? I don't know. I think it's more of Micah has, in this last year, has really become, he's got the podcast now, right? He's out there in the media every week making you know we have played uh clips from the podcast as a season he's got opinions went strong along. opinions yeah and, like in-game stuff and it sounds to me like maybe some of the um working on entertainment value Micah Parsons forgot about the I'm playing football with my peers part of Micah Parsons but that's fine though I like that I he doesn't say he doesn't save anything to protect anybody's feelings I like that so I should like the comment but it's about Cleveland, and I like Cleveland, and I'm glad that David Ajoku was defensive about it. 
That's my whole entire point of view. Yeah, I, you know, we we kind of joked before the show about ranking, you know, who is more. It was in context to Donovan Mitchell, but to me, Cleveland athletes right now, who's more beloved right now, especially because, you know, Chubb's always going to be up there at the top, but he's kind of out of sight, out of mind right now with the injury. Um, you know, Miles is Miles, and he's been that way forever. And Joku's had a rise this season, unlike anyone else in town. I think he's had the he's gained the most in that beloved yeah. Cleveland athlete I, I out think, of anyone else in the whole town. I think you're right. I think anytime you would bring up David Njoku, some people would hem and haw, uh, waiting for that type of year because we kept saying that he was going to have a great year, this this great game changing year, right, career changing year, yeah. and he'd get like the year. What was it, 2021 or 2019? He gets injured at the very beginning of it. Right. I mean, he's been here forever. I would say Njoku. If you were going to go by overall popularity of the athletes, Chubb's up there, but I think what you say is out of sight, out of mind. I still think he's number one because the moment you say, oh, yeah, Nick Chubb. So he's definitely number one. Miles Garrett, number two. I would say Jose, number three. Donovan Mitchell, number four. Like the way Mitch had it earlier today before the show. And then maybe at number five, would it be Najoku or would it be someone else? Would it be Garland? Would it be mobile? No. Over no David and Jordan? I'm just thinking if if I'm walking down the street, who's the most recognizable? Jared Allen? Jared Allen is actually Yeah, much, he's really done a lot to endure himself. He is yeah. much more liked than what I think some people realize. There are people who love Jared Allen. Like, you got to be careful if he you talk about him being a He backed up the trainer. bright lights comment yes. with his play so far this season. That's true. Well, he was a guy, when he said that, I said people always want to make a trade. For the Cavs, like, I asked Danny about it earlier today. Everybody wants to make a trade, and everybody thinks that Darius Garland doesn't work with Donovan Mitchell. Everybody thinks that Donovan Mitchell doesn't work with Darius Garland. Evan Mobley isn't necessarily a unicorn, which maybe we overrated Evan Mobley a little bit, and we'll talk more about him tomorrow. But when Jared Allen said that the lights were too bright, I went, damn it, that's the guy that everybody's going to want to trade. Everybody went from being overly defensive of Jared Allen to then wanting to trade Jared Allen after those comments. And you could tell that J.B. Bickerstaff himself was agitated by having to always be asked about those comments. This season, though, Jared Allen's been sensational. I, that's why I don't, I don't know if you can move on from any of them. I can't see a, a way where they are a desperately better basketball team without any one of these four guys on it. You, you could say what you want to about Darius Carlin. I know that Evan Mobley has still not gotten to that, and I think part of that's the injury. He's not gotten to that level where he's an inside-outside threat. I don't think he's big enough yet. I don't know when that's going to happen. He's still 21 years old. Uh, he's still very, 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 very thin. I don't know if he's got it in him yet. I don't know if he's ever going to have a minute. Like, for the first time, I, I think that right now we're just kind of confused about what we want out of Evan Mobley, especially as we're trying to develop him as the season goes on because he took more threes the other night, and Danny, I didn't get a chance to ask him about it today. I will tomorrow. Danny des definitely wants him to take more threes. Like, he wants that to be the plan and agreeing with Jason about developing Evan Mobley from three. I think it could be a dangerous thing because if I think that he's meek, and right now I do think he's meek, I think that, that can have a serious problem with the way that this team, team ends the season. But with a few days left before the trade deadline, I can't see anything right now where I definitely want to make a move with, with Garland or Mitchell or Mobley or Allen or anybody. I kind of want to see where it's at. I've said what I've said about Okoro in the past. I think it's just easy enough to talk about your, I don't want to say trash, but your player that isn't as great as some of your other players for somebody else who's really good. I don't know if I can just say that and expect that. 
I think I like Isaac Okoro for his defense, and if I go into the postseason, I'm going to need somebody for for their defense. I think the problem, though, right now with the Cavs just in general is I don't think anybody in town thinks they are an NBA Finals team. Not even sure if they think they're an Eastern Conference Finals team. So if you look at that, you got to think there's got to be they've got to make a move at some point before the trade deadline, which is this Thursday. Yes, but there's not really anybody to make a move with, especially now that Jared Allen, who probably had the most trade value, seems to be too important to what the Cavs are doing right now to move on from him. A Coro, you're just not going to get very much for. And you're right. They're going to need his defense if they're going to do anything in the playoffs. Lavelle on Twitter. Twitter actions brought to you by Shabin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store, says Parsons said it because that's how people and the players still view the franchise. It's up to the Browns to do something about it. All right, then what the hell's with Dallas? What are the Cowboys? Cowboys ain't been in a Super Bowl since years before these guys were all born. Big thanks to everybody who joined us today. Daryl Ryder. Who's up tomorrow, Mitch? Uh, we got uh, Termine at uh, 8 o'clock. Yeah. How do you say nope. that name? Not well, it. he's going to hear how you said it coming up tomorrow morning at 8. Danny Cunningham in for Tone. There should be another Lima added to the world by tomorrow. Let's go, Enzo. We will find out the name of the child. I don't care what they name him. It was a son! We will, find, we will find out the name of the child coming up tomorrow. For Big Country, for Jeff, for Meredith, for Mitchie, for Danny... Lord Almighty. For the slippery wizard, Anthony Lima, and the new baby eventually, I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful day, my friends, and go Cavs! Hey, sounds good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.